A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tools Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On DAB, online, on the app, and on your smart speaker. Following on, Ashes Inquest on TalkSport 2. What a performance! Welcome to Following On Ashes Inquest with me, John Norman, and the former England fast bowler, Steve Harmison. Another pulsating day here at Edgbaston where the crowd are still involved and uh, the atmosphere has been rocking for the last, uh, well, four days or so. England starting at day four. It seems like a lifetime ago now. 35 runs ahead, eight wickets in hand, two batters at the crease yet to get off the mark. Uh, we were set for defensive cricket, nip and tuck cricket for a good hour or so, but that's not how England plays it. In a blink of an eye, it was England pressing the accelerator once again. And he goes again. He tried to do it against Cummins. That has gone for six directly over the top of Alex Carey. And this is the new style test match cricket in play. England off to a fast start then, but not for the first time. The man, Harmy tipped to, to be the standout bowler today. Well, he made an impact. Oh, oh, if you don't mind, Pat Cummins. The reverse, it swung in. The perfect Yorker. And poked departs. parts. And in the main, that's how the rest of England's innings progressed. Every time England thought they were getting on top, Either Cummins brought himself back on or Nathan Lyon came back to take a wicket. England bowled out on the stroke of T for 273. So a target of 281. And the more eagle-eyed noticed that, of course, the target back in 2005 here was 282. Australia got off to a good start, a worryingly good start. Warner and Kawaja putting on 50 before Robinson struck. And then... That man again, Stuart Broad, decided he was in the mood. Oh, now that's he's hit that one. He's hit that one. Broad's on one again. The man they wanted, Steve Smith, has gone. It's Broad again, as it often is. Big thanks to Sky Sports for those uh, clips. Mel Jones, as well as Nasser Hussain. Um, uh, the remainder of the evening played out amid a raucous backdrop at this Edgbaston crowd. Well, it's got here early and it stayed here late. I almost felt sorry for the Australian fans who have been getting all sorts of pelters uh, throughout the last hour or so. But still, at the end of day four, the destination of this first test match is very much in the air and there's still plenty of talking points to look back on and maybe a few grumblings to be had as well. Some familiar problems for England. But they will start day five, weather permitting, 
uh, with a task that uh, appears to be nearer in reach than the one that, that was uh, ahead of them when Warner and Kawaja were putting on 50 or for that first wicket. Plenty to talk about here on TalkSport 2 on following on Ashes in Quest with myself, John Norman and Steve Harmison. Well, Harmy, blimey. I mean, blimey. I mean, it's been a ridiculous day. Um, you know, at the, uh, at the mid-innings stage of today, the tea break, all the journos, pause for breath. We went and had, some, uh, had a little cup of tea, had a chat. And in the main, most people felt that it was Australia's game. They'd rather be in Australia's position. But come the end of day four, looking ahead to day five, who would you rather be? Would you rather be England or would you rather be Australia? Oh, what a, honestly, I think 281 is a lot of runs. And even at, what was it, 60, 60 for none when Kawaja and Warner were going nicely. And the, you know, the TV's got this, this Winvids, Winvids prediction and it was nearly 60% for Australia. And I'm going, really? It's a fourth, fourth innings, 281. That's a lot of runs, even with number one, number two, number three, batter in the world rankings. Um, and I'm honestly watching this game. I don't know how we're going to get through five test matches because we've only had four days. And I think a lot of people that are watching, never mind the players, are absolutely shattered about promotions going up and down and up and down. It's been magnificent. And when I look at it, there was a, there's been a lot of talking points, a lot of talking points on selection. Um, and I, for one, thought, Mark Woods-Pierce would have been the difference and we were talking about three bowlers the same and Stuart Broad probably would have been the one that missed out in my eyes but the one thing I I, I did take into a factor but the biggest thing that we need to take into factor is this guy turns up when the big stage is on you know he has got a great record and greatness is talked about far too easy but Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad in the ashes are unbelievable Do you know what I actually thought of Jimmy Anderson when uh, Stuart Broad uh, took that second wicket. And I, and I thought Jimmy Anderson in the first innings as well when Stuart Broad took two wickets and two balls. And it was when we were in New Zealand. And Jimmy Anderson, because of course it was quite it was uh, quite a moment, wasn't it? You did a, a great sit-down piece with them at Wellington. The scene of where uh, they deposed you and Hoggy at the end of the day. And uh, one of the things that I really found interesting was that Anderson said that, you know, because he was talking about Stuart Broad, and he said at times he's actually been quite envious of Stuart Broad's ability to have those moments, mm. you know, when the, his tail's up and the crowd's roaring him in and he just goes into that, he goes into that zone. And, you know, you don't have to go through all of the, the list of, of big performances. We know them all. We know, they are all, in, you know, indelibly inked on our brains. 2009, the Oval, Trent Bridge, 2013, Chesterler Street, you know, and, and possibly you're going to be adding Edgbaston 2023 to that list it's uh it's, it's just crazy how he just summons up i don't know where it comes from but he summons something up and he, he's been summoning up today and he was summoning up on day one yeah and it's you yeah, he's finished with nine overs two two for 28 in a game where you know first test match balance of the the, the series eagerly awaited all that comes has been and it's been a pulsating four days so far and the one man that you, you look at to stand up is always your big character. Who can stand up in the big stage? And the, you, you talk about superstars of world sport. 
you know, NBA stars that play in the, in the, in the, the sort of big basketball games, big footballers winning World Cups for their, for their country and nations, top boxers fighting the big fight, fighting it perfectly. And when you get in the Ashes, there's no bigger series than the Ashes for England and Australia. And all them, all them moments you've mentioned are Ashes, are Ashes moments. And they've all had high pressure on. And every single time, the big fella delivers. And uh, to see him with his knees pumping and where he was going, it's just a pity that the days ended when it did because I think Australia would be very, very happy now to be in that dressing room knowing that Stuart Broad possibly hasn't got... If this is lunchtime... Yeah, I think there'll be some worried men in that dressing room of, of Australia because they'll be thinking, right, is this one another Stuart Broad days coming up straight after lunch? So the end of players come just at the right time for Australia, I think. Uh, let's look back at the day then because there was still there's that kind of feeling of frustration at times with England, which we've had uh, at different times uh, under Stokes, let's be honest. You know, England came out and... I mean, it was an ele- I mean, you saw the first ball, right? First ball of the day. <laughs> Joe Root is yet to get off the mark. Oli Pope yet to get off the mark. Uh, 35 lead. And he attempts to paddle, s- reverse scoop Pat Cummins' first ball. And if I could have sold the picture on the faces of all of the journalists and former players who are up on the gantry with me at that particular moment, when he came much closer to edging to first slip or behind than he did hitting the boundary... It was actually, the people were quite angry. And then what happens? The very next over, bowled by Scott Boland, he does exactly the same thing. And he hits it for six. Yeah. And then the next ball, he hits, does the same thing, he hits it for four. 16 runs comes from that over. But crucially, and this is the point, Cameron Green, arguably Australia's best fielder, they've got, they've got some good fielders, but certainly their best fielder at backward point or... or it was kind of a widest fourth slip or gully. He was taken out and he was put at fly slip. And that is exactly what it's about, isn't it? It's because a message. It's a message and it means that suddenly Joe Root's favoured scoring zone is open to him. John, it's, it's a message. Declaration night of day one. A message. A message of positivity. A message that we are, we are we're going forward. We're not taking a step back. No matter what, what happens, we are, might be unconventional, some of the, you know, the, the, the messages that we're given when it comes to test match cricket. You know, everybody thinks it's got to go five days. It doesn't. You've just got five days to win a game. England feel as though the best thing to do is play as positive as you can, mindset as positive as you can, and Joe Root going out there, first ball, trying to reverse swing, a reverse sweep, the number one ranked bowler in the world, over the top of slip, very first ball, second of the fourth day of the Ashes. That's a message we want to send that we are coming at you, Australia. We're going to set a total that we're going to defend, and we're not going to take a backward step. And I've I've had a, a you know, when we we're in New Zealand talking to Joe about that shot, and he believes there's very little risk in it. You know, he got out in Mount Monganui playing it, but yeah. he feels as though the little fine edge is the only way he can get out to that. If he gets anything on it, it's over the top and it's four or it's six. And what does it do? It opens that backward point, like you mentioned. A good player of spin, Kevin Peterson, Graham Thorpe just before that, would utilise the, the little sort of let the ball come to you and run it to, to square leg because he knew for a fact if he kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it, silly point would go to square leg and he can then now be in control of his movements on the front foot. 
Now that's all Joe's doing. He's just getting, he's utilising the shots he's got to get the field that he wants to then start manipulating and putting pressure on the bowlers. And that's exactly what he did. He did it brilliantly. 40 minutes in, England had played attacking shots to 58% of the deliveries bolted by Australia. 16 runs came from Scott Bowler's first over. 13 runs came from Nathan Lyon's first over. But Nathan Lyon has been brilliant in this test match. And he is a brilliant bowler. And I suppose where the frustration comes is that England are in a position, 129 for three, with both Joe Root and Harry Brook set. And Joe Root stumps himself for the first time in, the, in his career, I think. Yeah, it was. And it's the third, third batter in this, inning, in this match to do exactly the same thing. Basically walk past the delivery, turning delivery for line. And uh, Carey, who's kept very well, by the way, um, you know, did the rest. And that's where it's just like, I mean, I'm all for this excitement. Don't get me wrong. You could tap this stuff into my veins. <laughs> but surely, England, on, I would say, seven or eight seven or eight occasions have been in a position to kill this game and to make sure they cannot lose. And yet, I haven't looked at Winvis, but overnight, let's have a quick look at it. As we head into day five, instead of killing the game and us saying there's only one, per- one team that can win, Australia are still got a 44% chance of winning, according to, to Winvis. England are actually favourites now. They weren't for much of the day. You get me? I yeah, mean, absolutely. I get, I get you, and I, and I look. But you, you look at England's scorecard, and that tells exactly what you're just describing. One single-figure score, and that was Zach Crawley at the top. Yeah, one, two, three, three forties. England will, England will throw this back at us and say, because we talk about the, you know, if we be positive, it just takes one person to go on if we play the way we've done. So one of them forties turns into a hundred, like Joe, Joe did in the first innings, and they get, we get close to four hundred. Now that's what. Ben will be saying he keeps trying to run, ram the message down our throat. We want to be positive, and sometimes that comes with risk. And but the risk is far, you know, far outweighs anything you have negativity, because we've always got a positive mindset. We are always trying to you know drive the game on. There was a slight passage just before lunch where Ben and uh, Johnny Bairstow got together, and they just absorbed pressure. And that for me was good play, because Nathan Lyon was on top. And, and I think the game was just teetering towards more towards Australia then. And, but Ben and Johnny identified that passage. They were still playing good cricket, still positive cricket in a way that their movements were positive in defence. And they were keeping Australia out there. But they were also respecting the game, respecting the opposition and then building a chance to go again. And I think that's what's sometimes misunderstood with this team. It's not all reckless. They do see passages where they can, they have to sort of absorb the game. Um, and that's why they're still in the game, because if they kept, kept on being reckless, 150 for five, 155 for five could easily have been 200 all out. And then the game would have been finished because Australia would have won tonight. So I think we have to give them praise for that as well. Mm, yep, no good point. There was a 10-over spell with no boundaries uh, between Roots, Wicket and Brooks. So, uh, yep, they did. Uh, and it also seemed like Stokes was just having a little bit of a net before <laughs> before lunch. He was like, he hasn't batted much for quite a while. So he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll just block it out for a little bit, <laughs> get myself in the zone. Um, look, it's a, it's a shortened show today. Uh, we'll be back again following day five for an hour-long show on Talk Sports, 7 until 8 o'clock on Tuesday night, but we do have live football for you across the TalkSport network. Um, so we are going to get a little of 
a little Australian flavour of how they are seeing things very shortly. Sam Ello has been out and about again here uh, at Edgbaston. But boy, myself and uh, myself, John Norman and Steve Harmison, this is following on Ash's inquest. Looking back at another incredible day's test cricket here at Edgbaston. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hitting you for six with top order cricket conversation. Following on Ashes Inquest on Talksport 2. You're listening to Following On Ash's Inquest with myself, John Norman, and also Steve Harmison uh, after another. Uh, Crazy all day of Test cricket, but uh, we've heard from Harmy, we've heard from myself, the uh, the English side of things. Let's hear from Channel 9 TV presenter Sam Jordan. He's been speaking to TalkSport's Sam Ellard and began by giving his assessment of the first four days of the Test match so far. It is so hard to know what to make of it, isn't it? I feel like, you know, the momentum's been switching almost every half an hour for the last four days, so it's been a thrilling Test match. The crowd has been absolutely incredible. It's my first time here to Edgebaston and it has exceeded all expectations. It's exceeded all the stories. So um, we are heading to a thrilling conclusion. Yeah, it's going to be incredible cricket. Coming over, you would have seen England's results. You would have seen the starter play, the aggressive starter play. What were you expecting from England? And um, has it kind of played out how you expected this England approach? Or have they been even more aggressive than perhaps what you first thought they might be? Yeah, I think when Joe Root attempted that reverse <laughs> ram shot for six this morning on the very first ball, I think that was one of the moments that really did leave me speechless. But it's hard to know what to have made of England coming into it. I guess that made it really clear that they were going to play this baseball style of play coming over here, uh, up against Australia rather, and that they weren't going to stray away from it. But to see it in action, it is incredible. You know, it's not often that you watch Australia play test cricket and you think that, you know, they're the ones dragging the chain in terms of the run rate as well. But in terms of how it was going to stack up against Australia, I certainly personally wasn't dismissive of it in any way, but I was interested to see how it went against the Australian pace attack. Obviously, the pitch here at Edgebaston hasn't offered as much as it you know, has in the past, but the reality is, is that 
this style of play works. Yeah, sure, they lose wickets, but when they're scoring at seven runs and over like they were earlier this morning, it's, you know, that total, every time you look at the scoreboard, it's just jumped up astronomically. Well, you'd be surprised, go back to day one, though, in terms of Australia's approach. I think everyone in this country, all England fans and journalists, a bit surprised that so early on on day one, four men on the boundary. Why do you think Australia went that way? Well, look, it's hard to say. I was a little bit surprised, given the form that Australia's been in as well. They were so strong in that World Test Championship final, but perhaps it was a case of the unknown for them too. Of course, it's the first time that Australia's stacked up against Basball and, you know, Ben Stokes' style of play. And I thought they would sound them out. I didn't necessarily (laughs) think they would do it like that, but it just seemed like every spot on the field that someone went back towards the rope, then a boundary was hit somewhere else. It's just been this, this incredible seesawing affair so far because then there's been clusters of wickets as well that Australia have gotten but look I think that within the Australian camp there was certainly a high level of respect for for this style of play but I think it was a bit of a sounding out kind of period Sam Jordan from uh, Channel 9 who's been uh, alongside me up here on the gantry at uh, Edgbaston for the last four days or so it is fascinating Harmy and you know I spoke to a, a former England captain who said to me that he saw Pat Cummins about a month ago and he, he kind of got the impression that possibly the Australians hadn't really thought as deeply as they possibly should have done about this approach that England have brought to Test cricket. Um, almost like a bit of, they, they were a bit, well, oh, we'll be all right, mate. And I, whatever happens tomorrow, Australian know that when they go to Lords. And when they play at Headingley in Old Trafford and also at the Oval, they know whether they're 1-0 up or they're 1-0 down, England are just going to continue defying belief and uh, convention come what may. And that, that, must be a bit, that must be a bit worrying. It would be if I was... No, it's not so much worrying because I think you back your, your bowlers to hopefully work it out. My worrying concern is you know, the field positions and letting the game drift a little bit like... Um, like it happened and the message that is being sent because there's two captains on that field I'm sitting watching, um, watching well, that, I was going to ask watching, you about that yeah. I was going to ask you about that because Pat Cummins essentially he was a bit flint off today it was a bit like okay I'm going to have a spinner at one end I can't spin the ball but I can bowl fast and I'm really good and it was a bit like I'm the captain and I am going to dig us out of this hole and yeah. he did yeah. but but that's going to be difficult because he's got a captain as well as bowl and he's got to do it for five test matches. And that, for me, is going to be the big, the big problem for, for Pat Cummins. I thought he bowled beautifully today. Um, and, I, and I agree. I think, I don't think, I think Australia maybe he's just thought, right, they definitely can't do it against us. And I've said this many, many times on, on Talk Sport and following on on whatever station that we've sort of been, been covering the cricket. It's the team that plays against England for a long period, i.e. for more than two test matches, or the team that plays England for the second time, that will come to terms with the way this new regime is playing. Because at the minute, we've seen them all come. You know, South Africa, you know, Dean Elgar before the first Test match, they won't do it against you know, Nokia and Rabada. They did. Steve Smith, they won't do it against our bowling attack. They did. And that is going to be the theme for the, until they get to, to grips with. And if I was advising Australia's bowling attack, I'd look at 2005 very, very closely. England had four fast bowlers 
who could bowl, three fast bowlers who could bowl in excess of 90 mile an hour. I'm not saying we battered Australia, far from it, because it was a good contest. But I tell you what, you asked Matt Hayden, Justin Langer, Ricky Ponton, Damian Martin, Michael Clark, if they knew they were facing 90 mile an hour, they'd say yes. You know, other, you know, Ponton stand, you know, he's on my screen at this minute in time. He batted beautifully in that series, unbelievable, especially at Old Trafford. But he knew we were bowling into his ribcage and around his sort of head area, and we were making, you know, making it difficult for him from because of the, our speed and our aggression. I don't get the sign from Australia with that. You know, they could be more aggressive. They like to be in your face. Get the ball in around the ribcage area. If you're going to pull me, pull me from a head height at 90 mile an hour. I'm not seeing that, and I think that's where you might see Australia change going into the next sort of four Test matches. I've been fascinated by a couple of things, quite a few things, actually. I think that Pat Cummins follows the field, or uh, yeah. follows the ball. Um, and I think Australia have been fortunate. Um, you know, we saw another edge between keeper and slip. Uh, again, Bairstow at fault, uh, I would suggest. Certainly, I spoke to some of the Sky guys who were alongside me, and they were of the opinion that he had his right foot too far outside leg stump, and therefore the gap was there, and essentially it was his catch. He went for go for it, nor did Joe Root. Okay, so you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the Moeen Alley situation. Now, you can argue that this is England's own fault, but essentially it's still fortunate. You know, that little spell, that 20-minute spell yesterday when they came out to bowl, um, you know, that there was... There probably won't be better conditions to bowl in the whole test match. Uh, and, of course, uh, there were mistakes uh, by England on day one and uh, and on day two. So, not that Australia have been perfect, but I, I don't know. And one of the... one of the To pick one um, individual out of all of this, it's Scott Boland. Now, I think he possibly will bowl, if he's picked, will bowl better at Lord's. I wonder whether he will be able to utilise that slope a little bit more. And it'll be a second test match here. He's not played a lot of test cricket in England. In fact, he's never played a test match in England. But I also wonder whether they're even going to play him. And that he's been hit out of the attack on three occasions in this test match. And it doesn't it hasn't appeared to me that Pat Cummins is trusting Scott Boland in this test match. And so where they go with him, I'll be absolutely fascinated. They could have actually played him. Or they may end up playing him at the wrong ground and then dropping him for the ground that he should play at. Yeah, I said that on the road to the Ashes with Simon O'Donnell when they were trying to work out which team and Mitchell Stark and I think yeah, Chris Rogers said he would keep Mitchell Stark from to utilise the slope. I think England will use the slope to their to their advantage. Just Josh Hazel was only bowled 25 overs in this match. Bowling two for 147 off 26 was supposed to be, you know, the, the metronomical. You know, they'll not hit him off his length. And he's travelled, and he has travelled. He's, he's looked shell shocked at, at at some point. Um, and Cummins can't just can't just do it all. He can't, he's not going to be able to do it all himself. And you, know, you look at there's only eight maidens out of 144 overs. And this is for me one of the best all-round attacks in world cricket. And largely down to the fact that their game plan possibly was wrong. You, you 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 summed it up spot on when you said England some of the mistakes that England have made and I think the contest has been so good in these four days largely down to the fact that England have been you know very good in passages and they've let Australia back into the game when they've had you know the foot on the Australian's throat but also I think Australia have done that as well because I think Australia have played some good stuff um, but made mistakes in the field and I think their their game plan with the ball. I think needs to ha to be had a look at, which is 
how they go about bowling to this England lineup and where their fields need to be. Because I'll give you one quick example. Mo and Ali it's went from fine quick. leg. Yeah, Mo and Ali went from fine leg to fine leg because he's their worst fielder. All of a sudden, you just there was just fielders. Pat Cummins was putting fielders anywhere, and it was just any fielder in any position. And that's yeah. the difference for me between the two captains. Stokes knows his plan, knows what he's doing, knows who he wants, where he wants. Pat Cummins, I just get the sense it's a little bit on the hoof. What is going to happen on day five at Edgbaston? Bearing in mind, I'm not sure we're going to see much play before lunch. England the bowl, Australia out inside 40 overs and England to go 1-0 up with Stuart Broad taking five. You've been listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast. Now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, for more cricket content, you can listen to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 every Tuesday evening as Neil Manthorpe and Double Ashes winner Steve Harmison debate the biggest stories with a host of big names. And if you want to send us a question to a member of the TalkSport team, you can tweet us at cricket underscore TS and we'll answer your question on the next podcast. But for now, you've been listening to Following On. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.